This is episode five with Aaron Strand, brought to you by me, Larry Ford. Go and buy some of my crappy songs on iTunes or Spotify, or spend a couple hundred bucks on my paintings on Etsy. They're pretty. Get one. You can afford it. So nice of Aaron to meet me at Hendershots for a chat about what he's been up to for the last year or so. This guy's got a lot going on. Check it out, people. Aaron, give me uh, a little info about uh, your mom and dad and growing up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, sure. My, my parents are both entomologists. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, they study insects. Insects, okay. Yeah, parasitic wasps, uh, specifically. And they... Um, yeah, my dad's a professor. My mom's a lab technician that works in his lab. Okay. Uh, so uh, it, it was a very, <clears throat> I don't know, I had a very a biology-heavy childhood. Uh, lots of insect collecting and outdoor activities. And uh, well, That's just by association. That's an awesome education without going to actual yeah. school. Yeah, for sure. I take it all for granted and uh, don't notice until I'm around people that haven't, yeah. that didn't do that. And Not as familiar with uh, insects or <laughs> science. Yeah, and it really feeds into this. Um, my fiance has pointed out to me that I have a, that I, you know, I really only see myself as a dork. A, a dork? Yeah, as uh-huh. a dork. Uh-huh. Uh, and... And she, she sometimes she gets kind of frustrated at it. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, why do you, why do you see yourself? No one else sees you that way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But maybe I don't know. Maybe if if they had grown up collecting bugs, they right, would right. feel that way too. You 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 know, uh, everyone is more critical of themselves. You know, you don't realize that you may have uh, grown up into the cool kid, or the first impression of others from others from the outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, a Facebook friend was like, uh, I'm sharing this because I was bullied as a kid and I understand it. And I, was, I thought, you know what? You were kind of a bully. I was thinking I didn't say this to him, but I'm thinking, you know what? He felt like he was bullied. I felt like he was a bully. Oh, really? Like yeah. someone you knew as a child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And so, really, we are all just running around, especially as kids, being insensitive and hurting one another. Yeah, for sure. Giving each other complexes or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. You take what you, uh, you take the input and then you just kind of pass it on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like I was sort of outcast and felt fell in with the nerds a little bit, but I was defiant. I ended up anyway. It's not about me, so. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm curious. But I was thinking, I was, I was felt like limited in school I wasn't making good grades I couldn't pay attention but I had a, I loved the freaking smart kids you know I was drawn to the college prep kids but I couldn't really be in classes with them hmm. partly because I would disrupt or could, I couldn't hold my focus long enough to do but I but they were the ones I felt like I connected with you know? so yeah weird so, but I've been it's been a long struggle to go wait Larry you actually are I don't know, can't explain my early upbringing, but I'm smarter than I thought I was. So all this time I thought I was making up for, to, to uh, make people, uh, to conceal the fact that I wasn't as smart as the next guy. Which, like, there's some real issues. I'm, I, there's certain, I'm, I'm less informed, I have less information. But, but I spent a lot of time over-correcting 
so that no one would know that yeah. I was stupid. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, me, but then I'd get in another frame of mind and I'd be thinking everybody's stupid, you know, that, you know, it's like, so it's, I took, it took a while for me to get uh, centered and focused. And did, you, did you ever have moments where that, where the mask or facade that you had constructed, like either you got caught or like popped a hole in and then maybe like your opinion switch did you ever like switch into resentment towards those kids or like feel that you owed them I something did, I or? did it would come out of my mouth you know you know I, I remember early on some this is over 20 years ago the guy said he, he was writing a co-worker we were both doing the same job we were uh, installing artwork basic manual labor that he was writing he'd started a book or something and and I barely knew him and I flapped something basically horrible flapped out of my mouth. I was like, oh, he's writing about how cool you are or whatever, some, just some idiotic thing. But deep, deep down, and I figured it out 20 years later, oh, Larry, you, you want to be a writer. You wish you were him. Yeah. And you can't freaking stand it. <laughs> so once I come to terms with that in myself, it doesn't matter what I do as long as I participate and just appreciate other people that do interesting things you know? yeah for sure. you know I just I just he like played it off fine but basically I destroyed a potential friendship because I was you know I put a wall up I couldn't yeah I couldn't you know that's what when you that's I mean that's just it you know when you're repressing your own soul yeah you're hurting jealousy and poison just spits out mm-hmm. of your mouth exactly and yeah. uh and you don't even it's you don't even comprehend the damage that you're doing Mm-mm. because to put yourself out there to be an artist is, is so incredibly vulnerable right right you're so, yeah. <laughs> just t- just to tell somebody that I'm writing a book yeah, yeah. It's just, this just sounds crazy what mm-hmm. a stupid idea mm-hmm. I mean do you understand the the odds yeah. you're facing right, uh, right as far as success goes at least certainly like in monetary terms but this guy felt he was in a safe enough environment or whatever to share what he yeah. was doing and yeah and then little Larry comes it. along yeah. and <laughs> tells him what a douche he yeah. is. Uh, I hope he went on to uh, have success. <laughs> oh, you don't know if that book ever got finished? Yeah. Uh-uh. No, because I didn't see I didn't see much more after that. I, I, another story about me is a, a, a girl I dated for a while. She's like, I want to play this band for you. And it's actually it's happened with other people in other bands. Funny. I, li- I liked it. I was like impressed. I hadn't performed my own music and I wasn't doing it at the time and I th- what she played I thought was brilliant and I was jealous so I had this weird angry struggle where I couldn't like it you know yeah you know, I couldn't she was just she knew my personality she was just sharing something she knew I would like you know and <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah. I still do that sometimes, and it's one of the most confusing feelings mm-hmm. to experience, where you uh, are genuinely touched by something, mm-hmm. and uh, the mere act of being touched by it just feeds into this sick, yeah, jealous anger, right, right, and you right. lash out, and then you lash out at the person who shared it they with shared, you as yeah. if they did so something. Yeah, exactly. Fucking oh, wrong. Horrible. Horrible. So oh, dumb. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so you you must have moved from Madison because your parents got jobs at UGA. Yeah, my dad got a job at UGA. I moved here uh, in, in uh, 2001. 
Okay. Uh, on okay. the on the tail end of that year. Okay. Uh, after 9/11. All right. And um, and moved to Athens. I was 11 years old. 11 years. Okay. And you had done some singing early on. Yeah, I was in a touring boy choir. That was my first time on stage. I was in the in Madison. Okay. I was in the Madison boy choir. What was that like? Um, well, it was, it was amazing. I mean, you know, it was my first introduction to uh, discipline, to working with a group. I, I didn't really play sports. I love sports, but mm-hmm. I didn't really play sports as a kid, so I, didn't, I never really got that group dynamic. Also, I'm an only child, so oh, okay. I never really understood that working in a team sort of thing. But in a boy choir, you know, you're singing with 60 other boys and having to harmonize and stuff like that. So I guess I could say it was my first experience with that. And it's then, te- teamwork. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes the dream work. So yeah, yeah. we um, uh, had the opportunity to tour uh, Europe um, oh my God. a few different times, Ireland and Poland. and um, That's You know, that was my first time on stage. I remember uh, singing a solo and a song and these two, and we would sing in churches, you know, uh-huh. and these two Irish women came up to me after the show and with their with their lilt said, uh, you know, I just loved to watch you on stage. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, that was, I think, the first, I, I remember it so clearly, I think it was maybe the first time that I've really yeah. People liked, they, yeah, yeah. people liked me? Uh, <laughs> liked to watch me? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that really was the first hit. Okay. Uh, and I was hooked after that. So you, you did you train, did you, I mean, did you do it after you came to Athens, or was there a lull, or did you... Singing? Yeah. No. It, it was a total lull. So, you know, I hit puberty okay. before I moved. My voice started to change. Okay. Left the choir. They didn't, they had no use for me anymore because okay. I didn't have a, a voice of a eunuch. Right. And so... <laughs> Damn it! Damn. And uh, yeah, so no, I came here, and then, um, then, then some one of those weird artistic uh, insecurity twists happened, where I decided singing was just not cool. Oh, okay. Uh, and I didn't want to be like that, and I didn't want to be seen like that, and I hated that kind of music. I decided in my head. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, pretty much as quickly as I could, I started smoking and doing everything uh, I could to destroy my voice. Bad boy behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, singing was so not cool. Funny. Yeah, so it wasn't until um, two years ago. Really? Okay. That I uh, got serious. I went on, I, dro- I, I did this ridiculous thing where there's a theater in Virginia I wanted to work at, and I drove eight and a half hours for an open call audition. Uh-huh. Uh, as if that would ever yield anything. But I did it. Uh-huh. And it was one of these auditions where I, I did the monologues, and the monologues went very well, and then they asked me to sing something, you know, uh-huh. unannounced. And I sang a Towns Van Zandt song, and, but was so insecure. Right, right. I called my then-girlfriend, now-fiancé, on the way home, and I said, That's it! I can't do this anymore! Uh-huh. I've, got to, I've got to work on my singing! Uh-huh. <laughs> and so... Uh, what is that now? 16 years of, uh, of hating the sound of my own sung voice. I finally broke and started um, putting in the requisite work to, to not um, be afraid of it. You can definitely do it now. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully. Yeah, I mean, that, that's how I know you best is uh, when I first learned about you, you showed up at Open Mic. Right. And a couple of original songs 
of the uh, drunk on a train or, and, and, and maybe another one about being in Athens, coming back to Athens. Yeah. And uh, those uh, made an impression on me. I like the lyrics, I like the, the energy, and the, you know, so many story pictures pop in your head at a fast pace, you know. Oh, thank you. And re-listening to, okay, so I've listened through, all the way through, uh, Worthless Hipster, hipster Fuckface, <laughs> at least twice. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and then your other two, uh, maybe twice through those two. Wow. So, yeah, you've got, Thank you. you've got, yeah, you're, you're welcome, I enjoyed them, and uh, specifically, uh, well, there's a lot of songs I could pick out, but um, a relevant one is Talking Don Trump Blues. And uh, I like how you tell the story of a relatively comical way of the kind of the lament, you know, a voter's regret or, you know, at the end or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's... uh, So talking Don Trump blues, uh, (laughs) you know, I mean, it, it was really a play on Bob Dylan's old talking John Birch paranoid blues. Okay. You know, telling the, a, a satirical story from the perspective of somebody who wanted to follow that ideology, or, yeah, in a given place and time, what have you. So, um, you know, you you want to say you want to say something political without uh, you don't want to bring I don't want to bring my opinion into it mm-hmm. so much. You want to try to give voice to a to a character and. With the satire, mm-hmm. perhaps shed a little light on the on the on the possibilities of what that character might be experiencing. In this mm-hmm. case, a sort of uh, a generalized malaise and anger mm-hmm. at what's happening in the world, and 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 what you could possibly think when somebody comes along and seems to give you an avenue to channel that that anger mm-hmm. through. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ending, of course, in the realization of. Um, uh, maybe, maybe I'm really just angry at myself. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah. I know. I loved it, and I love the. I love how you use the uh, Dylan or that era, the structure of the song. You know, like a lot of your songs seem to come from Dylan, but you're also. I feel the structure of some songs by him that I've heard, but then you're doing. You're also using your. You're using your trained voice in another way that adds another element to it, you know, and you're a pretty good guitar player. <laughs> I really appreciate that. You know, I, I, it's been over a year since I've recorded any music, uh-huh. or written any music, really, and I'm seeing those those three pieces of, of recording um, with such a with such a uh, it was such a lens of disappointment, really, from, uh-huh. my, from my perspective, because um, stepping into uh, songwriting and, and growing up listening to folk music, I mean, uh, Dylan and, and older, you know, I, and for those talking blues, it, it was really uh, some of Towns Van Zandt's talking blues okay. that I really latched on to. I think um, someone I'll have to explore. Structurally. Um, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, the, it, it, some of those folk storytelling structures, but I, I, see, I see it as a real problem now, because I don't think that those structures speak to uh, the current time that we're living in, you know, I, I, and I, when I hear the music, I hear myself relying on a crutch of a, of yeah. a structure of the past um, without a vision of, of the future. Well, so, that is a, that, that's, that's good of you to be that, that type of critical, but... 
and you'll know, you won't do the same thing forever. But I think what you're also doing is introducing a style to um, a new generation, you know, that may not have may not be familiar with Towns Van Zandt or Bob Dylan, you know, and it's like it could be fresh and new to them. And it can have a timeless or sort of historical feeling, like, you know. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it's so ironic because it had a historical feel oh. in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's they right. They were listening to this. Right, 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 oh, right. this sounds like, wow, this sounds like exotic music from the 30s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably, like, literally an echo, a wave of our, of our society, like. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not repeating mistakes of the past, but yeah. we certainly have the potential to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so was it a, was it was it difficult to move back to Athens after after uh, living in New York City? <laughs> I was fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. It's just—I mean, I didn't. It's a different world. You thought you knew where you left from. Yeah, but that's—but that. Well, sure, sure. Of course. I mean, but that. I mean, the mindset that I was in was, of course, it's a different world. I was looking only at the exterior. Oh, this small town. I'm back in the small Uh, town that I said I would never come back to. Oh, funny. Okay. Right. (laughs) But it was so. it was so ridiculous. I mean, it's been almost five years now. Mm-hmm. Moving back here was the best thing that ever happened to me okay. because I, my mindset was so fucked. Okay. I can curse on your podcast, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, we're not being censored. No, sure. no, I can, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to edit it out? No, I, no, I could, uh, it, when I posted on, I don't know if I'm on iTunes yet, but when I posted, uh, I can hit the little box that says explicit oh. material. So. Okay, good, yes. Click the box. Click the box. I got a dirty mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but no, all of that looking exterior for the answer of why I feel so shitty uh-huh. was had everything to do with my own mind. Mm-hmm. And I came back here with a mindset of... of Oh, I was so angry. I was so confused. I had just run my life into the ground. Okay. I didn't plan on moving back here. I came back here because I needed a place that was warm to sleep. Okay. And I had a plan of coming back here and scoring some some cheap blow and going back okay. to New York and selling wow. it and getting enough money to put a pay for an apartment and a down payment and a first month's rent and sir but I could not I I couldn't even execute that plan it was such Mm. a bad plan Mm. Mm. so I ended up staying here and then being forced to change my life okay okay the best thing that ever happened to me is probably the only reason that I'm alive right Ah. now okay Uh, that does lead me to the next question uh like listening listening through with this hipster hipster fuckface I realize that it's it's got some it's got a lot of um, heart, especially, but it's got a lot of comical elements, and it tell it tells a story, and it and I finally caught on after doing a little back and forth and listening to it. You are addressing uh, drug addiction as well as other artistic uh, struggles. Sure. In that in that hope. I don't know what what you would call that album a rock, not really a rock opera, but a uh, now one question at a time. So, yeah. so was it about dealing with addiction? Or? Totally. It's I mean it's absolutely a 
it's a stylized narrative of my uh, of my life from the end of my time in New York uh-huh. to coming back here, uh-huh. uh, which certainly has a lot to do with addiction. And you know, the the, the, the biggest thing that I was exploring with the album that I'm still exploring is that living as a junkie is. Yeah, it's, it's horrible and painful, but there's tons of art about how horrible and painful it is. Uh-huh. It's funny. Uh-huh. You do such dumb shit right. when you're a junkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have such a clear objective. It's, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, the best description of comedy I've ever heard is the shameless pursuit of an, of, of an objective. Okay. Okay. Right? Like in acting terms. Okay. Uh, and when you're a junkie, the objective is so clear. And your pursuit is so shameless uh-huh. that it leads you to all sorts of absurd situations and notions uh-huh. uh, in your mind and in your physical space. And that's what really the album was was my first foray into trying to, to tell that story. My degree of substance abuse is like coffee and alcohol. And I can say I don't... I would be in the category probably one of the people that are not alcoholics, but through my years, I've not, I can acknowledge how uh, the casual habit of alcohol is, it limits you, you know, I forget, forget where I was going, but basically, I, don't, I couldn't directly understand because I didn't have the same experience, so there's, it's a, but it, it's an introduction into something, or a window into something that not everyone knows about, you know, and, uh, and you sort of, you kept it, you really kept it light, but there's a few, like, I guess it's a phone message from a, your mother, or a character that's your mother, right. in the in one of the skits that's, uh, I know it, it ends in, in don't call back just to fight, you know, it's, it, it, it sort of brings you down to earth because it's a mother who, who loves her son and, and but can't help anymore or something. You know, yeah. It feels like she can't help anymore. Yeah, you know, that, and I'm sure, <laughs> as I've heard from many people, I'm, the album would benefit greatly from less skits. Uh, <laughs> oh. But, but uh, you know. I've just actually, I ended up feeling uh, charmed and impressed by the skits, and I, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions about them. But go oh, ahead. good, good, go good. Ahead. Make the, make uh, the, you know, well, to each, to each their own. Yeah. And, uh, what that moment, what I hopes to achieve is that, the, particularly in the songs, they're so chatter-heavy, uh, mm-hmm. filled with a sort of uh, a prideful bravado of of stream of words, uh-huh, uh-huh. stories. Um, many of them sort of uh, uh, mythologized uh-huh, uh-huh. stories, right, right, uh, and uh, proclamations about the world. And that's very indicative of the mindset of a, of a junkie because you have to sort of mythologize and um, make life uh, like a movie just to justify your own actions to yourself. Uh-huh, Otherwise, uh-huh. You know, how can you live with yourself? Right, right, and, okay. And there's yeah, yeah, no yeah. way to do it. <laughs> and so when, the mo- when, uh, when, when my mother calls, you know, I, hopefully that would poke a hole 
in that artifice, mm-hmm. you know, because how can you, how can you run your mouth like that to your own mother? Right, right. right. Anybody, if anybody can see through your bullshit, yeah. her. Right, right, right. Uh, and it's one of those tragic things because it, the person who wants to believe it the most is probably your mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and yet the person who on a guttural level knows that you're lying is deepest is your mother. Right, right, right. <laughs> wow. But, so yeah, so you, 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 you've got a, a thing going and it, it's, it touches the earth and the, the sky, I guess, at the same, same time. <laughs> but, uh, but they, they I, I grew to love the skits, you know, I mean, I like how they got elevated and then goofy and then teased on some sensitive subjects, you know. Um, it was you and two other actors. Yeah. Um, how much was scripted and how much was riffing on ideas? So completely improvised. Okay. So that was uh, uh, Jeremy Crawford, who's a, an actor friend of mine. He played... Um, Bobby Chaffis, okay. the Very record impressive. producer, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Ryan Monahan, uh, uh, who is my former roommate. He also plays with Cindy Wilson and Easter Island here uh-huh. in town. Okay, he was the, Bobby Chaffis' assistant, uh-huh. and uh, it was completely improvised. And w- what I hope happens in the perspective of time mm-hmm. that. It was really my first, my first foray, recorded foray into improv, improv as a means to touching on the truth, mm-hmm. which has categorized the rest of my work since the album. Uh-huh. And so, uh, I, you know, I think it's important to keep it there, as even just for historical context. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, as far as looking back at myself and developing as an artist and what. Mm-hmm. What's the structure and tools to say what you're trying to say? And I think that we did find something worth saying in those yeah. in those skits. Uh, it probably could have synergized with the story of the album a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, a heavier hand on the editing room mm-hmm. would have probably behooved the listenability of the of the record because yeah. I think it clocks in at like 90 minutes or some ungodly length of time currently. <laughs> but uh, but that's what that's that's what happened in that in that room it was all recorded in one day over the course of six hours and um you know more was left on the editing floor than made it into the album really okay oh yeah yeah. because it's a lot less than six hours in there yeah 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 for sure (laughs) but uh but i love working that way Mm. i hope to work that way for a long long time okay yeah because it's i was i was impressed at the you guys were I mean I guess they're they're probably yeah I don't know what's on the editing floor but you've got like you got a, a good uh, yeah I just remember laughing out loud at one point that I had list, I had already listened through once and I was it was partly that it just, it just was the ridiculousness of pushing pushing some riff like as far as it'll go you know and I you know so I, once I knew cuz I had li- I had listened to a bit maybe a year ago so I knew what I was getting into when I started listening again. So I was prepared for yeah. the, the skits in between. And yeah, it looks yes. like you made we must it. mentally prepare. Yeah, the yeah. Time I like, right. Okay, yeah. I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like before you sit down to watch uh, <laughs> Apocalypse Now Redux. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. I know we're going to hit the French, planta- French plantation at hour three. I just got to make it to hour four when Brando finally comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, that... Apocalypse Now, when I was a kid, like maybe at 11, we had gone to a, 
movie with some other kids, friends of my mom's, or maybe they were cousins. But our movie ended, or my, me and my brother went to a different movie, my younger brother. So I was 11, he was four years younger. Then I decided to sneak us into another theater after our movie was over. And we walked into Apocalypse Now. <laughs> nice. And sat there and watched it. And I don't know what, I guess I was, I wasn't, I don't think I was traumatized or affected, but then, but, uh, but what did happen is they thought we were lost. They were waiting for us and they didn't know where we were and we came out of the theater. And mothers and all the kids were waiting in the car. It was like a big, like, <laughs> oh no. We were all like, hi, we just wanted to see, just wanted to see Apocalypse Now. Yeah, was that? Was that wrong? You know? Yeah. Someone should have been watching for freaking little kids running around, you know? I don't know. But, uh, movie theaters are a place of, of freedom. You know? That's where that's where I would go once I moved to Athens. Where uh-huh. we'd go when we were like 12, 13. Uh-huh. We'd go to Beechwood and uh-huh. movie theaters, and it just it, yeah, it felt it felt free. It was either you could hang out downtown or hang out at the movie theater. Mm. Yeah, we'd skip around theaters and see all kinds of stuff. I loved it. I wish I getting drunk. Oh, I wish I grew up in Athens. I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. Okay. We're back, yeah, because we skipped over uh, what was it? What was it like? What was it like studying drama at NYU? Oh well, it was great. It was demanding. Uh-huh. I wish. I wish I knew what I knew now. I when I was there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I lived in that wonderful mix between uh, I think I know everything pride I can't wait to get out of this repressive environment right right they don't understand me right right, they don't they don't know who they're dealing with yeah yeah. (laughs) couple that with deep insecurity to the point of blindness where you just I don't I didn't even know what I was doing. I had mm. no concept of... I had no ability to see myself in the presence of others. Okay. Amongst yeah, a group. Yeah, one yeah. one amongst the group. Mm-hmm. Which is so critical for yeah. acting in the first place. I can, yeah. If you're yeah. floating off on a sort of your own psychedelic wavelength, mm-hmm. you may think you're really cool, but really... You're not helping the group dynamic, mm-hmm. uh, which is certainly critical for a play. Mm-hmm. So I wish I knew all these things while I was um, in the in the course of, of studying. And uh, I pretty much as quickly as possible after a couple years started working in the city and then uh-huh. uh, prioritized that above my uh, education, Actually, so okay. uh, you know, I ended up, I, I graduated early, the last year and a half I, I wasn't really amount, around much, mm-hmm. did the bare minimum, uh, just kind of got by, and well in a way that's probably a good solution if you can I don't know, I guess I could see it both ways, but if you can find work in the field uh then that's sure. the fastest way to learn, and then it's so you're getting the results that you wanted from the education anyway. Yeah, that, that's certainly how it seemed at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps if that, if 
if I had been a little bit healthier, if I had been a little <laughs> less me, uh-huh. <laughs> and the work in the field had continued, and maybe I was still doing it today, wow. then of course that pathway would have seemed I like see. a very good pathway. But you know, what's the point of judging the past? Right, right. Exactly. Things happened as they happened. I thought I was I was doing the best that I could at the time, and exactly. that's just what happened. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fair enough. But I certainly accelerated the process by stepping out of NYU and deciding that those people were uh, somehow, I don't know about beneath me, but uh-huh. I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought I was going on to bigger and better things. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, think, I think it's there's something significant about f- feeling your own potential in a sincere way, but us, you know... Also, I think what you're also recognizing that you're there's more to learn, or you're part of a, a, a bigger thing, or you're you know I forget why I went off. Well, well, I mean, I can just jump in and say yeah, this. go ahead. Because uh, I couldn't have been, I could not have been more wrong uh-huh. about my uh, separation mm-hmm. from, from the group. And when you look at the people who have really been successful out of my class, who have gone on and are, are, are working actors now, which is such a miserable, hard, fucking line of work. Yeah. They, uh, the ones who I really respect, they, of course, they experimented with their individuality in the course of college, but they, more than anything, took took that time and took that adversity to develop their regular habits of work. They uh-huh. developed a. A, uh, a diligence. Yeah. I developed a, ste- a steady process. Mm-hmm. Um, they never bought in uh, as much to a sense of divine right to inspiration. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah, there's uh, that's so valuable what you just described. Almost in any endeavor is because uh, I had I struggled with that. I, I was like. I thought I should have been a success. I call it impatience, you know. I had the impression that I should be somehow uh, achieve success before anyone noticed me or before I did the work, you know. Right. I didn't think of myself as a participant or someone who does it also. I was just waiting for my time in the sun or whatever. And then, right. But, the, but I just, then you get impatient and do ridiculous, I did. Ridiculous, bad. Uh, I did. I made bad art just because I felt this urgency that I wasn't being recognized early enough, you know. But it caused me to make bad art and bad decisions. And I could have just relaxed and read a book and t- like that painting you complimented me on. If I sat still, took my time, and made a bunch of paintings like that, people would have taken notice just by the nature of someone. Caring about their work. <laughs> yes, but I didn't. I didn't. I got off track. But, uh, yeah. So you ended up working off Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess in, in maybe in complete honesty, it should be off off Broadway. Mm-hmm. Right. Would, would Athens be included in on off off? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Within New York City Athens area. Athens is off 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 <laughs> off, off, off to the twelfth power. <laughs> Yeah, 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 okay. uh, <laughs> exponentially off. <laughs> Way off. <laughs> okay, so what was it like on Off Off Broadway? Oh, it was it was super fun. You know, I did I did two shows. 
um, one at uh, this wonderfully historic experimental theater called La Mama. Uh-huh. Um, it's been around since the '60s and. Uh, performing in a you know in a space where Yerzy Grotowski had a has a, had a, uh, a company at one point in time and amazing and then uh, and then I did a, another play uh, called The Man Who Ate Michael Rockefeller which um, you know that was that was nice for a whole other set of reasons of like getting into the New York Times and having your picture there and seeing stuff like that and that was pretty cool and. Um, so there was a certain level of excitement, but once again, here, <laughs> this seems to be just charting a story of my own self-sabotage, mm-hmm. because while I was doing those plays, uh-huh. I was also part of this nightclub world that I thought was bigger and better than the plays, so my attention was always off ah. to, I can't wait to get to where I'm going after the show, right, right. wasn't really in the moment, and the thing about plays that you have to come to learn if you if you want to do that kind of stuff is that in many ways they're all the same. It's a bunch of weirdos in a dusty old theater doing make believe. Right, right. And whether you're doing it at a community level or on Broadway, right. it all it has a certain dorky feel to it at uh-huh. all times. And unless you really like that dorky <laughs> feel, you're not gonna be having a good time. Right, right. You know? There's majority of your time is hours spent in rehearsal or waiting to go on stage or backstage with some actor that's may or may not be horrifically annoying to you and right, right, you know right. that's that's just that's, that's what it is <laughs> and so uh, if if you think you're too cool for school uh-huh. uh, that process gets gets to be a a hindrance right, to your right. style okay. <laughs> fast okay. and i think that was certainly that was my mindset at the time so, I see. So you might have been able to stay in it if you had a, just a oh, little got tweak. It. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, I hope I hope that opportunities uh, like that would come my way yeah. again one day. Because there's nothing more thrilling than than walking out on stage. But you have to make friends with all those other long hours in the process. Yeah. Which at this point in my life, I have. I love it. I can't mm-hmm. wait to do it again. Right, right. Genuinely, the most exciting time to be alive. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, when I was 21, that was not what I thought. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I hear you. No, I was. I was 21 once. <laughs> um, so then the nightclub scene, was that uh, the, the box? Mm. Was, that, was that the club? That, yeah. Is that, what is, I looked it up, is, it, is that cabaret or is it, is it burlesque? What? No, it's not burlesque. Okay. I get the two confused, I'm not, I'm not informed. They don't do Okay, is there a thing? <laughs> yeah, there's a thing. Uh, no, the box was, um, was a high-end nightclub in, in New York City where <clears throat> the great appeal is currently. I didn't. I don't know if I said was or is. Is yeah. still still uh-huh. over ten years running. The great thing about the box was that you went and it was filled with this aura of mystery and excitement. Uh-huh. The real draw was that there was this high-intensity variety show, which was okay. the greatest theater that I've ever seen. Uh-huh. The first time I thought, saw it, oh, I was so moved. Mm-hmm. 
was incredible. I could you could see your darkest, deepest fantasies on stage, but they had shape and they had art and they had form and they were directed and they were crafted and uh-huh. it was everything. I it was my dream. I wanted to be a part of it so bad, uh-huh. and I was, uh-huh. and I gave everything to it. And uh, you know, a friend of mine. Uh, who still is there he des- described it to me as you know look we don't have initiation ceremonies in our society anymore. you don't yeah. have we don't have vision quests right we don't have re- required military service and this person who's older they said my generation had Vietnam your generation has nightclubs <laughs> So, and, yeah. which is a somewhat ridiculous comparison because although people but are it's, dying, it's uh, oversimplified, but it's but it's there's a truth to it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I I put myself through the ringer, and I right. and I felt such a I felt that it was so important because I thought that 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 would make me a man, mm-hmm. but, that I would know at some point during that process. Ah, I've crossed the threshold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you put yourself through a lot of hell. So what, so what type of share a little of your experience with some of the shows or what you felt like putting yourself through the ringer was or what well let me see let me see if I can craft this my job was the best night of your life best night of what my job was the best night of your life okay and when you are living the best night of your life, uh-huh. five days a week, right. a toll is taken. I see. Imagine you living the best night of your life right. and the how, how you feel waking up the next day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But when that's your job, okay. your, day, your, your night job, right, right, right. <laughs> nights okay. become day. I didn't see the sun for you know, okay. a long time. You burn out. Sure. Okay. It's part of it. How soon after you got back to Athens did you start doing, uh, working in TV? In TV? In TV, yeah. A long time. Yeah. It took years. Yeah. Again, you know, I, I got back to Athens. I got my life cleaned up and um, I was finally on a not speeding towards a premature death. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so I hadn't acted in a little while, a year or two maybe, and decided, oh, well, I'm, that's what I want to do now. Oh, of course. How could I have been so blind? This is what I wanted the whole time, and I just became, I was just distracted by all this other shit, and oh, God. So surely with my great promise that I felt as a child, as a or as a young man, that I'll just jump right into the into the fire and then I'll be accepted, right, and I'll right. find the success that is really due me mm-hmm. after this really tough time that I've been through. <laughs> that was not what happened at all. Uh, it's still not happening. I mean, mm-hmm. years of just typical actory shit, okay. grinding along, 
endless, endless seas of auditions. You can't even begin to remember. You can't even remember the, one, the auditions from a month ago. There's so many of them. You spend. It's a whole job that's based around interviewing for jobs that you book one person of. Well, that's maybe I, I've, I've listened to enough other interviews and talked to enough people that that's the, that wears people out. You have to be okay with the audition process. Absolutely. Apparently. So that so you did a lot of that. <laughs> I am currently doing a lot. Of okay, that. currently just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What was it like? What was what? Share share with me a little bit of, of your involvement on the on this show. Uh, containment. Oh, you, you know, I was just booked for a for day player role. Uh-huh. I played a a infected. Uh, meth head okay. bad guy all right, all right. who attacked the protagonist. That's, ah. that's what I did. And then I died coughing on my own blood. Ah. Yeah, I saw the trailer. There's a lot of coughing blood. Yeah. <laughs> Can we try to... I won't watch this show. I'll just ask Aaron about it. <laughs> so Still the King, that looked kind of... That looked like a kind of a, an amusing comedy. Yeah, it's Billy Ray Cyrus's... Billy Ray Cyrus show. Yeah, I... Is it, is it still running, is it? I think so. Okay. Because, yeah, he took a lot of grief, and, uh, and I was... I don't know. In the 90s, he did the Aki Breaky Heart thing, and that sure. was like, it, you know, it really was his big hit, but it also apparently destroyed him, you know, and I... I get... I... <laughs> I'm glad to see he's got, like, something else going on, you know, and he's goofing on his previous self, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, totally, totally, exactly. He seems to be having fun. I mean, again, you know, I was just booked for a little day player role and Mm -hmm. whatever, and, uh, but, you know, he he took the time to come to set when he wasn't called to set, and, Uh you know... Thank everybody for being there and oh, cool. and uh, and do his sort of celebrity thing, taking pictures of people and whatnot. Yeah. You know, he was generous with his time and his attention and, and energy. So, so hopefully, he's uh, yeah. he's having fun doing the the show. It seemed like he was having fun on that day, which okay. is all I can comment on. So, so these are the type of things you go to audition for, and then hope you get a role. Or were those filmed in Atlanta? What, what's yeah, Containment was filmed in Atlanta. Um, Still the King was filmed in Nashville. Okay. All right. Well, good place for that show like that. Well, recently, I know I talked to you, maybe it was a year ago, that you were, you were doing a, a production of the Three Penny Opera. Yeah. yeah. What's, uh, <laughs> saw some good photos from it. What's... <laughs> <laughs> Since no one can see what Larry just did, he literally just looked at me, coughed, and then made a running. I made a motion like, in his chair as if like, like a, as if like a. It was like, hey, get going on <laughs> this. Question. It was all like you talk now, tell me. <laughs> it was a yeah, with desperate. Uh, you, what do you? I don't know. Do you? What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> talk more about your thing you did. About the three penny opera? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I know. Tell me about one of your favorite productions that you worked in. Favorite productions yeah. that I've worked. One in. of your favorite things recently. I don't know. Pick one. Favorite things recently. Pick yeah. one. Well, I'll, I would be happy to talk about. Uh, so, uh, the okay. three penny opera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it's a wonderful play. 
first of all. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, uh, you know, I liked the translation that we were using, and I liked the, uh, Bertolt Brecht was uh, an absolute genius, in, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Changed the, changed the form. Or created a form out of raw materials at a really interesting, critical time in history and uh, Weimar Germany. And this is where I pre pre World War Two. Yes. It's, so, talk about your process um, of your process of writing because you also do you write the whole wrote all those songs but you're also writing plays or and screenplays and yes that's that's mostly what I um, do now for the last year and a half or so it's been pretty uh, most mostly writing uh-huh. uh, I've been writing much longer than that but that's the, You're been, the, that's been, the, the, been the yeah. big focus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um, and it's, it's so much of what you were talking about earlier about patience time and then some of the things that I was observing in classmates at NYU is mm-hmm. a commitment to structure and, and diligence. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you, you just, uh, you, you want, you want to just be able to sit down at a computer at a piece of paper and write something brilliant. Right. And it just doesn't happen. And it's just, that it's just such a myth. Mm-hmm. People who say that genius is getting it right the first time are fucking morons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have come to love uh, the constant tear-down process that is uh, writing something that is worth a damn. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Getting in and being completely unforgiving. Uh-huh. Taking you, you assemble the machine and systematically take apart every nut and bolt repeatedly uh-huh, until uh-huh. you are certain that that joint is solid. And it, yeah, okay. uh, it is it, you're not it, you're not a you're not a an artist in the sense of yeah. dancing around with <clears throat> fucking chiffon scarves. Right. I don't know what I mean, there's something to be said for a spontaneity and freshness, but you also have to... Yeah, yeah. You have to polish. Yeah, yeah. Work on it. Yeah, Yeah, you have to... I think think it's really good for you to think of yourself as a a mechanic Mm -hmm. on some level. Okay. Because this machine could run for eternity. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. At least... Humanity eternity. It's true. Right, right. You're you're building a thing. Yeah, exactly. Do you don't want to talk too much about your current fe- feature film that you're working on, or what's? Yeah. So um, uh, I'm currently uh, writing and directing a, my first feature film, and um, it is uh, this is what I can say about. I don't know if this is interesting to anybody, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it started as a in many ways a birth out of that improv. Form mm-hmm. uh, that I first started experiment with on Worthless Hipster Fuckface. Mm-hmm. It was um, uh, I, I, it's half it half exists in the can right now. Okay. Okay. Of uh, I shot six days of improv with actors that I worked with for months leading up to it. Uh-huh. All of this was under the uh, direction and guidance of my uh, friend and mentor Dale Wheatley. Okay. Uh, awesome. Uh, good guy. Very good friend of mine. Yes. And. Um, I, I then it's been a year since that material material was shot and, uh-huh. uh, 
uh, have edited it to the fullest extent of its abilities and now uh, see that it's it's not finished. Okay. So all of my work is directed towards uh, finishing this film. So is there any more is there any more filming or is it all yes, editing? Yes, there will be more filming. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. I look forward to seeing the results eventually. Oh, I'm I'm incredibly excited. Thrilling, thrilling, and I can't wait to do the next one. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I hear Yeah, that's that's the hardest thing when you've got another idea. You still have to finish up the current one. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But even that alone feeds into this uh, mindset of like, oh, I just got to start writing the next one, and then it'll be defined inspiration, and on the paper, there yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wow, ready to go to set. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the next one means another uh, year of writing, uh, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Long, long time. No, I'm, I'm, f- I'm fully caffeinated. Okay. Oh, oh I saw on your uh, Facebook page that... Uh, well, I have to ask about this, because I also saw you in the short film, um, Mr. Blue, Matthew McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. Did. Is that... Uh, how many... Uh, Local sh- short films or filmmakers do you collaborate with? Or? I've done a, I've done a few. I mean, that Athens is. Um, I love uh, what's going on here. Uh, I think it's incredibly exciting. Uh, the future is incredibly bright for Athens mm-hmm. film. And what we hope to do is uh, really uh, turn Athens into a, 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 a film haven, mm-hmm. an indie mm-hmm. film haven. Right. We have all the pieces in place to offer a truly unique perspective right, right. Uh, right here in town. And uh, Athens is at, a, is at a critical mass as far as uh, having all the necessary talent yes. yeah. in town uh, to really do something special. And, you know, you, you, you want to believe that things happen uh, in life for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, although, uh, I believe that the reason is a complete figment of your own imagination. But mm-hmm. even if it being a figment of your imagination, that's fine. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel a sense of purpose having come back here hating every moment of it mm-hmm. to this point where I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to leave. You know? Right, right. <laughs> it's very funny. So you found your community as an artist. Are you still looking for a broader community or a... Well, uh, I have, I have community issues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I just, I, 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 I have a hard time opening up to people. That's I have a hard time trusting people. Mm-hmm. I have a, well, I have a hard time sustaining relationships on a one-to-one level. Sure, sure. So, uh, in talking about community and certainly an artistic community, uh-huh. other people seem to... It seems to be so much easier to invest time in each other and just, like, hanging out and, like, yeah. kicking it. And I still have a lot of problems with that. I, I, You'd rather be working on your uh, project or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but sometimes I use that as a um, as an excuse to just be antisocial. So uh-huh. it's, a, it's a difficult... It's a, yeah. It's a balance. It's, it's a balance, balance to yeah, watch, yeah. Uh, to walk. Because uh, you also you also have to live life because that feeds into your work. Right. Exactly. You can't ignore your work. Exactly. Or you'll and then all of this goes back to like me looking back at NYU and thinking, oh well, I really wasn't a peer among peers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that environment. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, have I really grown and learned that much now? Am I really right. just making the same mistake mm-hmm. again? Mm-hmm. Maybe. 
right, right. I don't know. It's good to ask, it's good to ask yourself that question. You know, that's all. That's all you need. You can continue do continue on how you want, but as long as you have a little guy in your head that's like, is this is this exactly right? Is this how I want to do it? Is this what yeah. I want to do? Or is this you know? I don't know. I don't know, but let's move forward. You know, or whatever. Yeah, I think the the important thing though is the willingness to once you when you really feel like you vibe with someone, whether it be. Uh, like a spouse or a friend or collaborator, if you unabashedly or shamelessly pursue your objective right, in right, a right. semi-comical way mm-hmm. to hold on to that person, because mm-hmm. at this point I've got like I got like three people that like I really like. Okay, okay, <laughs> you know? okay. cool. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's a it's it's a it's a step in the right direction. Well, that's yeah, I like that. That's an honesty. That's it's valuable to sort of you sort of know yourself well enough to. And we all we're all like a constant. Uh, we're all a constant uh, project as individuals, anyway. But sure, sure. It sounds like your approach is pretty pretty clear. Oh well. Um, so congratulations. I did not know you were engaged until yes started asking about the. Oh, sir! Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so when's the wedding? Uh, I'm getting married in May. In May? Yeah, I get, I'm marrying my my best friend, my oldest friend. She and I have known each other since we were eleven uh, when really? I moved here. Oh. Uh, it is. I, I just I can't believe it. Awesome. I met. What is her name again? Shub. 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 Like shoe with a B. Okay, awesome. Yeah, she's really nice. I mean, I met her briefly at, here at the at the shindig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice person. So uh, she's uh, studying to be a doctor. That is correct. That yes. is impressive. It is impressive. I mean, not. I mean, not for her. She's. No, she's just, she takes to it like a. Too easy for her. Like right. A, like a. Like a fish to water? <laughs> duck to water? It's a duck to water. I don't know. Duck and a duck fish. A duck fish. <laughs> a duck fish to water. So she's going to be a good. A good duck fish. fish yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you guys are. You have like uh, distinctly. Well, in my mind, distinctly different careers. Yes. But since you you built a relationship since childhood, so you uh, obviously talk about it and. Oh yeah. I mean, um, I mean, it's it's great because <laughs> you can't you can't get lost in this sort of really easy when you're just hanging out with other artists, particularly right. actors. Yeah, yeah. They start convincing themselves that they're doing God's work to man. It some, matters so much more oh, than it does. Yeah, and it just doesn't. I mean, we right. like we are literally like putting on costumes and playing. Mm-hmm. Is, which is great. It's not. And, it's not invaluable, and no, no, you no. care about it. And that matters. But you're not saving lives. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you are seriously not a doctor. <laughs> and my play will not on TV. Right. You might. Yes. <laughs> There's that one. It's one of those. I think old Alec Baldwin skits on SNL where he's playing a doctor on a soap, oh, okay. but he pronounces every word wrong. And oh like, shit! You've got you've got canker. <laughs> 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 we have found a polyp, oh, <laughs> and it's uh, that's how I always think of that um, <laughs> when I'm talking to Shubin. Um, no, but she, yeah, she it, it, it keeps you really it keeps you really grounded. You know, uh, now having spent a lot of time with Shub's med school friends, you recognize the same sort of up your own assness happening in that community they're as well. I mean, there, it's, a, it's yeah. an insular community where they're all focused on one thing, learning mm-hmm. medicine, and so. Um, 
uh, they can get lost into that uh, as well. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but I guess that, yeah, if it's your focus, you can't talk about everything at once. You have to focus on your. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess it, I guess we're it's all, really we're all people. The difference is actors go about their lives thinking that they're doctors. Doctors go about their lives thinking that they're God. Oh, so okay. Could be, yeah, it could be. Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone has to come back down to earth at some point. Regardless. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Is it, uh, uh, what's the difference between uh, God and a doctor? God doesn't wake up in the morning thinking he's a doctor. Oh, okay. All right. Well, congratulations on your. Oh, I didn't ask about baggage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, what? Uh, you just did a short film, dark comedy, up in New York City, or what? Oh no! It was it was actually shot here. Well, it was partially shot in New York. Okay. Um, I wasn't. I didn't go to New York. Okay. Um, it's really cool. They turned an uh, an Atlanta metro train into a New York subway. Oh, okay. Uh, no, but uh, Baggage was a fantastic short directed um, by the amazing uh, Andy Baring, and just wrote a really really funny little piece. And and, and uh, it's great to watch the success of the short on the uh, festival circuit. And I have no doubt that Andy is going on to wonderful wonderful things um, and got to work with an amazing actress Ali Pickin she's uh, so talented and fantastic it's a very cool uh, project to be a part of Aaron it has been a pleasure I'll have to say that was a great talk and I, I'm looking forward to a, a part two with Aaron Strand because uh, there's more to know and there's more that we touched on in here that I need to ask follow up questions on sure sure but, uh, so we'll do it again we definitely have to do it again. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a treat. So nice of Aaron to share his story with me. Once again, I learn about myself. Coming up on episode six is the honorable and esteemed Kevin Dunn. So stay tuned, like literally in less than an hour. Stay on the website. This has been Limited Perspective. I'm your host, Larry Fort, and we'll see you next time.